0: This is the Successful Life Podcast, your favorite home services podcast. Hi, I'm Corey Barrier, number one best-selling author of Nine Simple Steps to Sell More Shit. I'm here to help you open more doors, close more deals, and rock your revenue in your home services company. I coach home service businesses using my nine simple steps to sell more shit. How would you like to transform your customer care representatives into your inside sales team? You can go to HVACplumbingSales.com for more information, or you can text me directly at 919 896 9999. Nine, nine, nine. If this podcast has helped you in your life or your business in a positive way, do me a favor. Just leave us a review. I really appreciate that. I'd also like to give a special thanks to our military, and I'd also like to thank our the hardest week working people in the trades, our plumbers, our HVAC guys, our electricians, roofers, etc. Today's episode is a banger with my man T.J. Hartnett. We discuss how ridiculously awesome it is living with a superpower and how we use our superpower in business. This is the
1: Successful Life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah,
0: come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journey. This is the Successful Life.
1: It's time to take what you learned. Apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. 3, three 2, let let's go.
0: Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with my man TJ Hart. I always screw everybody's last name. Hartnet. Hartnet.
1: Look, yep, you a
0: podcast, bro. I mess everybody's last name up. So my apologies on that. You're good. TJ, what's up, my man? How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Doing great. Just had a great event last week. Ready to go to another great event this week. And the Philadelphia sports were pretty kick butt this weekend. So it's, I'm feeling pretty good.
0: I bet, dude. You got to be tired. So you went to Tommy's event last weekend, right? Vertical, yep, track. vertical
1: track last weekend, and then this weekend is Service Rocket for the Service Rocket Group or Victor. Service Hero or Profit Rocket or whatever name it <laughs> might be this week. <laughs> but but I'll be at that group.
0: That's going to be that's going to be sweet, should be a pretty good turnout. They've got a lot of people, a lot of big name people coming.
1: There there are, and from my understanding, it's going to be plus or minus about a thousand people in attendance from all different spaces. And there are people that chose to invest in themselves, so that kind of gets me excited. Anytime you got somebody spending money to better themselves, they come with a little bit of a different intentionality, so that's a cool thing.
0: I agree with you, I totally agree. And I, one thing that I think. And I don't know if you have it. I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but do you sometimes feel like, do you sometimes feel like it's, a, it's too much information? Like it's an o- overload.
1: I do. And it's one of the things that I talk about when I'm on stage was going to come and you're going to get absolutely fed through a fire hose. Try and make sure you're taking away at least somewhere between one and three things that you're actually going to deploy. And so when they come and you're like, Hey, that'll change our business. That'll change how we do what we do, whatever. That's going to impact us and do it quickly. Low hanging fruit, so to speak, write it down, put an action plan together for it, which I'll walk them through how to do and then file it away so that you can pay attention to everybody else. But trying to, Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, then you're going to get back and you ain't going to do a damn thing. So really try hard to guide people. Hey, one to three things that you're going to do that's going to make your business run better than it did before you came, and you're good. Shoot, if you just do one
0: thing better, that's a win, right? How so much good information comes out of these events? And if you try, you know, like you said, if you try to capitalize on all of them, it's just you're going to wind up going in a circle and not being very successful. TJ, right now you are, I should just let you introduce yourself. My apologies. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourselves? <laughs> Since we're halfway through the show.
1: There we go. No, so TJ Hartnett, I'm president and CEO of a company called the Flywheel Coaching Group. We're a business coaching and training organization for the trades, but we're more of a boutique. Like I'm not looking to be the, the next stars or the SGIs or those really larger groups because I'm just too relationship driven and too relationship focused to be where we're headed right now right? I want to be able to come alongside businesses and help them where they're at with what they need. We do have a beginning program that we go through that we refer to as our foundational five and everybody goes through it no matter what. But the only reason being is early in my career as a coach, I didn't do that and inadvertently hurt some folks where had I done it, better things would have happened versus the outcome that they had helped them sell really out of the gate, but they weren't priced right. So you can imagine how that worked out. And so just vowed to myself that I was never going to not have the commitment to looking over these five core things before we get rolling, regardless of whether you're a $1 million business or a $50 million business. We're looking at these and uh, it's made things go a whole lot better. So we're just going to keep on doing that.
0: What, so what five things do you look at?
1: (laughs) So we look at, your billable hour or your pricing, because now we've got margin pricing that's been introduced to the game on the service side. We're going to look at your financial statements. So your profit and loss statement, your income statement, your balance sheet. But we're looking at them not only for completeness, but for structure. Because what I find with most financial statements is that they're set up to make life easy for your accountant, not for you to actually make data-driven decisions about your business. And so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and make sure that it's set up in a way that you can look at it and within five minutes, you know where you're bleeding from and you know what's happening and why it's happening. We're going to go through, we're going to get core values and mission statement taken care of because from a cultural standpoint, a lot of people I'll be talking on this week, a lot of people, they want to have a great healthy culture, but they've done nothing to align the people in order to create that great, healthy culture. And so core values and mission statement are the very foundation of that. And then lastly is an organizational chart. But I always recommend that we look out three to five years and we build the organizational chart for the company that you want to be versus the company that you are today. And it empowers the rest of the team to see not only what are they doing and what are they responsible for and who's in charge of their care, but it also sees what opportunities lie ahead and how would I go about positioning myself to be somebody that might be able to fill one of those opportunities. So it just brings a lot of clarity and allows us to make way better decisions later on in the coaching than if I didn't pay attention to those things out of the gate.
0: Dude, I'm so glad you said that because that make it makes complete sense because here's the thing. If one of those areas is off the whole other, the whole wheel doesn't spin because there's a spoke missing and those, almost, <laughs> now I'm putting it together. So, like, but you are a thousand percent correct, and I think one of the things that you hit on specifically, and I don't personally map out organizational charts for people because I, but I understand the value and I understand what it is. That's just not my specialty, right? Yep. But it is super important, and we've all heard this: to have the right people in the right seats on the bus, because if you don't,
1: the bus is not going to run, not properly. No, unfortunately, like the ADHD kids like us, yeah. you can't put us in the back of the bus. We got to sit up by the bus driver so we behave. It's not that we're any different of a child or different of an individual, but when you put us by the bus driver's got their intent right on us and, and we're doing what we need to do. And so we don't get in trouble. Whereas the more trustworthy kids are the ones that you're going to put in the back of the bus. And I don't mean trustworthy from like ethics, but trustworthy from like, Not every little thing distracts us. It's some of those challenges, but uh, but no, to your point, what we uncover is more often than not, the reason that I get into it is nobody really knows what sandbox they own and what sandbox they need to ask permission to climb into. And that's where I find like 80% of the things that happen in an organization that aren't fun stem from is
0: overlap, i think is what you're, that's part of it
1: it is it's it's overlap and then it's the feelings and the beliefs and things that are tied to the overlap being able to occur and occurring because in one person's mind it shouldn't and then in the other person's mind they just think they're trying to help and there's no clear boundaries and i often talk about i'll make parallels with kids all the time because I, quite honestly all of us are still kids we're just older and we can vote and smoke and drink Uh, But at the end of the day, when it comes to the kid thing, like I tell people, give me one child that you've ever met that didn't have any rules, that didn't have responsibilities, that didn't have chores, that was an amazingly well-behaved child. You can't. At the same time, share with me a child that was just an absolute nightmare, but the parents had rules and, and again, you can't right so it's the same thing in an organization like these things have to exist for them to have the freedom of which they seek yes not to rein them in it's hey now this whole pasture out here this whole area go have fun and do your thing we can do that and it's safe because the fence that's around it we know keeps the bad stuff out keeps them in and that's really what those five things do for an organization is it gives us a better chance of keeping the bad things out and the good stuff in.
0: And really a lot of that, a lot of that is is structure, which I, you know, I don't like, I like structure. I don't like being structured. Does that make sense? Like, I don't 100%. like, yeah, of course it makes sense. Give, so, give me the like,
1: confines with which end I can work, but don't tell me how to do it.
0: Yes, correct. A lot of our clients are that way. A lot of them. Large majority. Yeah, absolutely. So as long as you know that, then you can work with them accordingly. But it's, I lost what I was saying.
1: You're good. It was confines and things of being, being, liking structure, but not wanting someone to try and make you structured. Right. And think about this. When we're
0: trying to tell our clients to do something, do you think that's really, that's the
1: wrong approach? Corey, in fairness, I'm a coach, not a consultant. So I don't tell anybody to do anything. Yeah, me either. I'm going to ask better questions to get them to discover a better answer for themselves. And I'm going to come alongside them and help them to hone a skill set that they may not have or that maybe isn't as good as it needs to be but I'm not going to necessarily tell them to do. The only thing that you have to do if you're my client is you have to not be a jerk. If I come and meet with you and you're like, Hey, teach me how to take more of the customer's money. I'm now, you're not your coach that we're done conversation over aside from that. And same thing towards your internal people, of course, but aside from that, if you're like, Hey, I really like to do this way. We're going to have a conversation about it. We're going to uncover that doing it that way isn't hurting anybody, that it's delivering a predictable result that's desired. We're going to go. And if it is, guess what I'm going to tell you? Good. Keep doing that next. Yeah. Like it's not a one size fits all. And I think that's one of the other big differentiators in the coaching space is a lot of these groups. If you want to deviate from the, from the structure or from the book, all of a sudden now you're doing it wrong. The last time I checked, Corey, the thing that makes us all special is our uniqueness. That's right. And so I don't want everybody, I don't want to create 50 TJs running around. I want to create 50 individuals running around that have been influenced by me in certain areas. And... The only reason they're influenced by me in those certain areas is because I was fortunate enough to be influenced by a lot of people in the course of my time in my career. And I got to post a picture this week with, with Keith Mercurio and what that guy has meant to my career, along with a few other folks, is unquestionable, right? Did we ever go and eat dinner together and all those types? No. But he's the coach that cared enough about me to force me through some things that I didn't want to deal with, right? And to force me through looking at things through a different lens than the way I was looking at them. And had he not done that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Right. And so there's a handful of those people in my careers and sure there is for you. And so every chance I get to show them my gratitude, man, I make sure I take it a hundred percent,
0: a hundred percent. Those folks, they're not a dime a dozen. No, they're not. And when you get somebody, I've got one of my, one of my best friends, you just, is the salt of the earth, best human being that's ever been on this planet and would give his shirt off. A lot of people are that way. but He's just different, right? He's just a different, he just tends to relationships on a level that's just really, it's just really special. And it sounds like Keith is very similar to that with you.
1: A million percent. And like I said, it's one of those things where it wasn't hours upon hours of interaction. It was the right interaction at the right time with the right amount of follow-up afterwards and over the course of, man, I guess now it's probably been the last 15 years, we've just stayed connected. It might be five Facebook messages a year. It might be two phone calls. It might be running each other at an airport. That's happened twice. It doesn't have to be much. But like I said, when you take not just Keith, but it's an opportunity for me to give some thanks here real quick, right? Is... You take a Mark Atherstone, you take a Weldon Long, you take a Kenny Chapman, a Keith Mercurio, right? These are all guys that had such an influence in my career and in helping to shape me when I was wet clay to what I am now that I'm more like a dingy old pot. (laughs) 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 That I, I wouldn't be where I'm at if they hadn't been a part of my life. And, and so I just make sure that I express that gratitude when I'm near them. And I just, man, I really pray that, that I'll have a hundredth of the influence over somebody in the course of my career that those guys had over me. Because if I do mission accomplished, the rest of it really doesn't matter.
0: This episode of the successful life podcast is brought to you by house call pro, whether you're looking to streamline your operations reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, Housecall Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm, I agree with you. I, there's something about, it's interesting that because Keith treated you like you and I talked before this show, just like we treat the people that we deal with, which is you do add value first. And we hear that a lot of times and it's really a kind of a buzzword for a lot of people. But the really, what we're talking about with the value portion is you just do stuff out of the goodness of your heart to make somebody's life better. And that's the name of the game.
1: It's a hundred percent the name of the game. and it's one of those deals where we're all on this planet together. <laughs> if everybody would just approach it this way, which I know is utopian, I know it's not going to happen, but if they did, it'd be a whole lot better place. And that's where I will give an insane amount of credit to Tommy Mello and Bree Arvalo at the, uh, at the vertical track event. Corey, I've never been to an event in all my years. And so let's put this into perspective. I day one for me in the trades was October 1st 1994 right I'm sorry October 4th 1994 was my very first day it was where I went in and I was an apprentice and didn't know anything over the course of the last 28 years I've been to a lot of industry events the one I was at last week was the very first time I've ever been to an industry event where the only thing that you could see, no matter where you looked, was people caring about each other. The t- three or four times I heard like some negativity, maybe potentially starting up, right behind it was somebody coming up and going, hey, just real quick, and I know you're frustrated, but is the conversation you're about to have, is that going to get you closer to where you want to go or is it going to get you further away? And shifted the course of the conversation. Or, hey, I know you're hurting and everything, but are you bringing value right now, or are you tearing down? And this happened across—I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people for three solid days. I've, but you, I've never been at an event where that was the case, and. So one of the rarities, this long winded post that I warned everybody about, I was like, hey, long post rant. I just had to share it with everybody, my perspective on it, on social media. Not to kiss up, not to, oh, Tommy, this or Tom. The only way that happens is for you to breathe it and live it and follow it and surround yourself with other people that do the same thing, who genuinely care. Because any other way, It'll, you'll see it, but it won't permeate everything.
0: You can't fabricate authenticity.
1: It was insane. I was excited to go home and see my family, but I did not want to leave. Dang. I hate I missed that. <laughs> Man. Well, here's the good news. They'll do it again. And I have to believe that it won't feel any different. Because of the level of care and things that that they're putting into it. it. It just was really, like you talk about value first. That entire event was value first. And it started with them giving the shop tour of A1, taking us through different areas. Then you go into like break room and there's this enormous, I'm talking like going into garage convenience store side drink thing with the same number of choices, Corey, the same number of selections of beverages. And it was just take what you want. If you want something good, whatever you want to drink, just go have it right. There's video games there. Who wants to play video games? By the way, Tommy, I'm going to beat you at Buck Hunter one of these days. But anyway, it, there was a lot of opportunities there and it made you feel like you mattered. And I was, I was on a call recently where somebody said something about my view of culture. And so I said this, I don't think people quit jobs. I don't think people quit because of their manager or their boss, right? People are like, oh, they don't quit jobs. They quit managers. I think they quit cultures. 100%. I think people are somewhere where they don't feel valued. They don't feel uplifted. They don't feel like there's opportunity. And when those things happen, they don't stay. And I look back at my career and look, if we looked at my resume, I bet you half the people that are listening who are in leadership positions would look at my resume and go, I ain't hiring him. He doesn't stay nowhere long enough. I wasn't discontented or disillusioned. I just didn't put up with BS. So if you said this is how we are and this is what we do, and then you didn't do it, you lost me. Yeah. I don't mean to a point where there was no room for making mistakes, but you know what I'm talking about. Like these just egregious, Things of like, oh, we care about our people and then being on the phone, talking right. to them in a manner of which that we wouldn't talk to anybody. Correct. I would see that was what the case was. And then I was out. Or I would get somewhere and see that the revenue was the primary focus, the primary objective, the only thing they cared about. And I was out. You have to be. It can't be the main focus. It cannot it, it, It's the result. It's always the result. For sure. And that was just the Simon Sinek has his most recent book, Infinite Game. Maybe one of the greatest gifts any author ever gave me was him writing that book. Because up until I read it, I did think I was disillusioned. I did think I was a discontented person with a discontented heart. I did wonder, hey, how come I haven't stayed at employers? The longest tenure of employer, employment that I had was eight years. After that, the next longest was like three. And then the, most of the rest were two or less. And I looked at that and I went, man, I, what's wrong with me? And then I read that book. And then I read where he talks about that very specific challenge. And I went, holy crap. I had an infinite mind working for finite minded people. And that's what the issue was. And Now I look back and I'm like, man, I feel a whole lot different about myself.
0: Think about some of those places that you didn't align with, right? If you go back in your Rolodex in your head, you can probably count. Most of those companies are probably not doing great because if you felt the misalignment, then other people feel the misalignment. Customers feel the misalignment. Eventually, the thing is going to burn down.
1: Yeah or somebody's making money but their marketing budget is like 15 percent, and the employees are new every year and there's runway for that eventually that's gonna stop
0: it is and that's that goes into now you're talking about human beings that you're recycling through for money and that that's on a whole different level that's, yeah i'm a
1: thousand percent with you on that i was just it was eye opening for me to read through that and pull from it what i did and and now be able to go out and deploy it. But like I said, when I was at Vertical Track, I just telling you, like I, and I, and I'll probably talk about this for quite for quite a while. It'll probably be years from now, and somebody will ask me a question, and then I'll bring it back up because it was that impactful. And there's not a way for me to really get past. It. Like my wife even said, she's saying this really affected you, and I went, it did. It really affected me. It really, I came back. Corey, I walked back into my house a better man than I left because I had those days with those people.
0: That sounds like my ayahuasca journey, but on a different different plane there, but
1: yeah. That's something on my bucket list, by the way. We'll talk about that a different day. Oh, yeah. I've done it twice. It's life-changing. Yep. But that love that you felt coming home, that
0: love that you felt in that event, it would be about 10 times that, and it, it's wild. And, yeah, I'll talk to you about it at a later date. That's just, you it, me, you mesmerize me with that story because you just don't hear that. You don't, you, I don't hear that. You hear that XYZ person was there or Peyton Manning was there or wh- whoever. But I, to, I always ask myself, like, what the hell is Peyton Manning going to teach me? I'm a, I am a—I work with people in the trades. What the hell? What is he going to teach me? He's not going <laughs> to teach me anything. So I really don't care if he's there. Like I, that kind of stuff. Just I just don't. I don't put much value on it. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, so I'm with you. But here's the thing: Tommy didn't have any celebrities. Oh, that's fair. But that's interesting. He, there were there celebrities to all of us in the home service space, but there were no celebrities at the event. The closest thing to celebrities, I would say, would be Joe Polish and Ken Good. And if you'd say Joe Polish or Ken Goodrich to the general public, and none of them going to know who the hell those guys are. But from that side of things, like they're celebrities to us, and they mean a lot to us because of all they've done in our space, but they're not the Mike Tysons or the Fitzgeralds or whomever that you might get to come and do a keynote speech. And I'm not saying there's not value in those things, but I think it breeds a different attendee. Agreed. And a different culture of the event of what's actually happening. And and so, yeah, I just, I thought it was super well done. I can't wait to be a part of it again. Um, and I look forward to, to seeing how it affects how I move forward. Cause I know that there's gonna be times where stuff's gonna come up and that's gonna be in the back of my mind of, are you honoring what was gifted to you at that event with the way you're handling this situation? So
0: I'm going to ask you a hard question. It shouldn't be a hard question, but what is, give us one thing that you took away from that event that just you feel like it was something that if you're willing to share that.
1: Yeah. The way we look at other people, you can look at other people and you can judge, which look, I try really hard not to do. But let's be honest. There's times I do it, right? But it's even more profound than that, right? It's you're teaching a class and somebody is, is, disruptive in that class and right away mindset goes to man this guy's being a jerk instead of i wonder what this guy's got going on that's making him feel or think that this is the best way to handle himself in this situation and then taking it the next step and going man i'm really grateful that he's in my class today because we met at the right time because i am going to be the person that's going to care enough about him to figure that out And I will 100% guarantee you, like, I did not think about those things that way prior to that class, prior to that event. I do now. And so what's that going to do? That's just, it's just going to make the environment that much more inviting to be a part of. And show people that the old adage of it's easier to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar, right? Like it. I don't know why you want to catch flies, but still, (laughs) but that's the truth, right? And so you left there realizing, and I guess it's simple, but it's also somewhat profound. You left there realizing it's actually easier to be nice than it is to be a dick. Like it takes more energy to be a jerk to people than it does to just be nice.
0: I would almost argue it might take the same amount of energy. So really you could just take a pick of it. Ultimately you're not going to lose. You're not necessarily going to lose energy one way or another, but so if that's the case, just make a different decision.
1: That's just it. But to me, the reason that I say more energy is because when the interaction is over, I don't know about you, but if I was a jerk to somebody, like the interaction doesn't stop at the interaction, then I think about it after the fact. And sometimes I, like rehash it, I almost never do that when I was nice because it's just how I'm supposed to be. So it ends up taking more of my energy to be difficult or conflicting or a jerk than it does to just simply treat people the way that they deserve to be treated. Or maybe not, maybe deserves not the right word, maybe worthy is the right word. Like we're all worthy of being treated as human beings that have feelings and needs and wants and desires. 100%.
0: Hundred percent, and I and I especially want to hone in on that for just a quick second because I and I don't do this, but I see this happen a lot. Is people will just rip people apart online, and I it bothers me. It really bothers me because. You don't know what that person's going through and you're just jumping in on this bandwagon of garbage, but you know, nothing. And this hasn't happened to me. Sorry, I'm not the victim here. I'm not saying this happened. This never happened to me, but I I just don't understand like why people pile. And there's a specific situation I'm thinking about that happened not long ago between two people that I know. They both acted like total idiots online. And like, I sat there and and watched this interaction and I'm like, Y'all are supposed to be like leaders and y'all are acting like you're in prison again, which is ridiculous. And so I I just think that if think about how you think about how you want to be talked to, and I know that goes back to treat people how you'd want to be treated, but really it is that simple. You probably wouldn't talk to yourself, not you or me, but some of these people wouldn't, you wouldn't talk to yourself the way you talk to other people,
1: right? Or worst case, so here's the other one that I uncovered, right? For those of us that have challenges with our internal voice, would you ever let somebody else talk to you the way that you sometimes let yourself talk to yourself? Nope. So it it goes both ways, Corey. I 100% get where you're coming from, but the answer is no. So just knock it off. It's it's wasted energy. There's nothing good that's going to come from it. Whether it's you talking that way to somebody else, you talking that way to yourself, The only thing it's doing is creating muscle memory for you to continue talking that way. So just stop doing it. I'll tell
0: you, I, and this is something I've worked on really hard over the last three years, I guess you could say, but more importantly, and really it comes down to it's a decision, right? And if you just look at it like that, it's just a decision that I can choose to feel like garbage Or I can choose to just not let that thing affect me. And guess what? If it's not within my arm's reach, I don't really have that much control over it anyway. So why am I worried about what's happening next month or what happened last month? I can't do anything about that right
1: now, today. No, and all it does is take away whatever enjoyment might be available for you today.
0: And that's where I think the energy de- depletion comes from is the stress to your point about it takes more energy to be upset because you invite negative energy into your life. And I don't know about you, but I pick up on people's energy. I know when people are being genuine and when they're not. And I know if people are telling me the truth or not. Like yep. it's just people, there's in ADHD people get this. Because most of us are impacts, and most of us can see four or five steps ahead. Most of us can see steps ahead for everybody else, but it's hard to do it for ourselves. Let's see. There's a whole list of things.
1: Yeah. So I think one of the things in this space though, right now that, that bothers me a little bit, and I promise this is going to be a positive thing, not a negative thing, is that we don't, we're not putting enough time and attention on just simply being good people to other people in our salesmanship right everybody wants to learn how to be better closer everybody wants to learn how to be more persuasive or for what yeah stop all that i just want to get to know the people better and understand what it is that they're challenged with and What their true, like desired state, if you will, is Corey, if you could wave a magic wand and make your house feel a certain way, tell me what that would be, right? What's the humidity level? What's the temperature? What's the, when the sun shines through the window, is there stuff floating in it or not? When you drink water, are you chewing it too? Like asking them questions about, and then going, all right, so Corey, based on those things that we've discussed, which of them are of the top priority that you want to make sure that I try and solve for you today? It doesn't have to be more complicated than this. Yet, we probably spend millions of dollars as an industry making it more complicated than this. And... All we need to do is just start caring about people, apply the fifth habit, right? The fifth habit of seek first to understand, then to be understood. And get after it, right? Genuinely care. And I think the reason we spend millions of dollars is because I think everybody thinks it can't possibly just be this easy. (laughs) It can't possibly just be that you just have to care. No, it really is that easy. Right. We talked about previous performance and things of that nature. Right. And so I was on a panel and I got to sit next to some ridiculous people on this panel as far as what they've accomplished. Right. We're talking Tommy Mello, Brent Buckley, Victor Rancor, Lance Bachman. Right. We're all on this panel. Start talking about sales and how back in the late 90s, early 2000, a million dollars in sales was like a really big deal. And then afterwards, when we were done, I got to talking and I said, I don't really bring this up a lot, but did you know that I did 1.2 million in sales in 2000 and I didn't sell equipment and like a bunch of people just went, what'd you just say? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I did. I did a little over 1.2 million in sales as a technician in 2000 and I didn't sell equipment. It was all. Repairs, add-ons, accessories, enhancements, rejuvenation, no equipment. And they're like, how? And I'm like, 1.2 million worth of stuff was wanted by the customer. That's it. That's it. So I just think we've got to change the lens that we look through and stop being so concerned about the sales and start being concerned about how many new friends we can make and how many problems we can solve. And... Truly care, and the problem with it is this: you can't fake it. That's right. Absolutely cannot fake it
0: because there's incongruence. I'll tell you, you're you can have a poker face,
1: but you can't have a poker body. So your body will
0: always tell the truth. Did you know that?
1: But look, I can tell people I eat healthy all the time. The minute I stand up, and the belly comes out. All right now i can tell you this i'm getting a whole lot better than i used to be which is why there's less of me now than there was 10 years ago but no exactly to your point Corey. like the other side of it is this is if i watch you for longer than today you'll reveal yourself to me yeah which is why i don't like doing one and two day on sites
0: Nope. Right. I,
1: I people are like, well, what, you're just trying to sell me more. I'm like, no. I need at least three days to see who you truly are. Yeah. Because everybody can fake it for a day or two.
0: You really need five it, days, truly. In it, my strategy, I, I like to have five anyway.
1: I like to have five as well. But when five's not available, three and four are all I'm doing. If it's a one-day thing, it's for me to teach a class, not to do an site. It's. Like I'll come and teach a customized class to your team, but it's not for on-site related things. One in two days is strictly for content.
0: Let's clarify that for the audience, because that's really important because yep. one thing that, yeah, just, yeah. Clarify why you don't come in for one day or even two days and then leave. Right. And my guess is whenever you come in for a, how about this? You just tell me, I won't guess. You just tell sure. me. Oh,
1: no, so the, the people can select that they want to have you on site anywhere from one day to five days. And then they can do more than five days. I'm excited. I'll be not sure if it's February or March, but I'll be in Australia most of the month next year. So that's going to be a good time. But when I go on site, if it's for one day or two days, it's specifically for me to teach a specific class and give a specific skill set. It's not for me to uncover anything. It's not for me to help solve any issues or, put something in place that's not in place because it's not enough time to do it. Three, four, and five days is where we start getting into those other things. And quite frankly, sometimes they're not enough. And here's what I will tell you. Every onsite I've ever done, we went with an agenda. And if it was a full week by the third day, the agenda no longer looked the same as it did when I got there. Because the truth comes out, what the company really needs, what the people really need is different than what we might've thought they needed virtually through zoom meetings. Right. And so it's impossible to give lasting change in a day or two because people won't reveal who they truly are. The other side of it is if you don't start by uncovering beliefs, you're wasting your time on everything else you do because if the beliefs aren't aligned with it, You could teach people all you want. Nothing's going to change. You've got to understand what are their beliefs? Why are they there? Where did they come from? And how committed are they to them? And then once you understand all of that, then we have an opportunity to make improvements or adjustments even. But without that, you're just really listening to yourself talk. And that's why we have this happen. Oh, the guy was on site and he... After he left, we did great for a week or two, but then it went right back to where it used to be. And then we had to call him
0: back and pay him another Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z number of dollars. That's why that happens. Yeah, of course it is. That seems like the model sometimes.
1: Uh, Yeah. My view as a coach, and I'm pretty sure you're the same way, you should eventually outgrow me. Yeah. Yeah. My skill sets are what they are. Now, am I constantly trying to improve them? Yes. But they are what they are. Like, I'm really good at the things I'm really good at. But I stay in my lane. If you want to know what to do to have the absolute best marketing plan you possibly can, I am not your guy. If you want me to look at your marketing plan and tell you if I'd make adjustments, like, I'm okay with that. But I'm not the guy to, to refine your marketing program. I'm probably not the guy to come in and tell you what you should be doing with your office staff as far as dress code and things like that on its own. But yet we hire people for this shit all the time. I don't know how you do it without looking at what everything else that's going on. And that's why I'm not any good at those things. So I'll adjust and come in. If you want your team to follow a process, if you want beliefs aligned, you want culture healthier, I'm a hundred percent your guy. But it isn't happening overnight. I'm not going to promise it's going to happen overnight. And there's a lot of hard work that has to get done. And I do think and I know we're like jumping around, but welcome to ADHD (laughs) is. I think that's one of the challenges of social media for us today, because everyone's looking at some of these different operators that are out there that grew from zero to 50 million or zero to 100 million or whatever in four years, five years, seven years. So what? You don't know the story behind that. You don't know what's behind the curtain of Wizard of Oz. You, we don't know how leveraged they were so that when the payoff happened, how much they actually walked away with. And here's the other thing. It also, it doesn't matter because it's them, not you. It's their team, not your team. It's their people, not your people. It. So stop looking at everybody else and start looking internally and go, hey, what do I really want? For myself, my team, my clients, and my company. And then devise a plan and go get it. But stop looking at everybody else. This is where we got to be like those horses in the Kentucky Derby. Where they wear them things. And the whole reason they wear those things is because if they could see the guy over here, instead of running the race, they'd fight with him. Yeah, That's where we've got to get.
0: I'll be honest, dude. I do that to a degree with, and similarly, like when I'm working, I'll put on bineural focus music because it helps me dial in like the blinders and it's important to know about these things because it can really help have you ever used bineural beats before you know what i'm talking about
1: hold on <laughs> hold on let me find it you mean this right here
0: oh. and <laughs> 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 you is that i
1: is that the guy on? Do you watch? Do it also watch it on YouTube? I don't watch it on YouTube, but this is just literally a mix on iTunes of just continual just that yeah. background music that helps me to just pay attention to what I'm doing. And so, if I really need time of focus, that the AirPods go in, and I'm focused.
0: No interruptions.
1: No interruptions cannot
0: happen because it, man, I just, I didn't really anticipate talking about ADHD that much, but dude, like if you really think about how bad it throws you off, just the slightest thing, you're married, but your wife could come into your office and say, hey, something completely unrelated or something completely important. And it may take, I may not get back on track for an hour, right? And that whole hour is wasted because I'm figuring out what I'm doing. So the way I will help myself with that is I write on a note the thing I'm doing and I put that note in front of me. So that way, if I forget again, I can just look at the note and see what I was doing.
1: So full transparency, right? While we're on this call, my son comes down and he's got something to put in the free the storage freezer that's down here. And so he take- brings it down, he puts it in the storage freezer, goes back upstairs. And the whole time since he did that, My thought process is he knows I'm on a podcast. He knows I'm down here. Why in God's name did he just have to bring that down here and put that in the freezer right now? What the? Yeah. And so to your point, and then I hear wind outside and I keep the shade pulled on the door on purpose. Right. But I hear it. And so now I'm wondering what's going on out there. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm supposed to be paying attention to this.
0: Yes, I get it, dude. And here, let me clarify this for everybody. Like, It's not that we have a lack of, of focus. It's that we just hyper-focus sometimes on the wrong stuff.
1: And everything gets a say. That's, I think, the bigger difference is we don't miss a thing. If you really want, like, a good observer, get an ADHD person. Because nothing will happen without us noticing it. Nothing. Yes, correct. But, Here's what will happen and we won't notice it. Get a new piece of furniture and put it in my house while I'm away. When I come home, I ain't going to say nothing. Nothing. Like my wife will get her hair cut or whatever. And I'll do the same thing. I'll get my hair cut. And there's no compliments back and forth because neither one of us realize either the other person got a haircut. (laughs) So it's it's a hard thing to understand until you're the one that's living with it. You know, get
0: I, let me ask you if you ever struggle with this is something that is some if there if I'm having a conversation with my wife, or and it's something that I'm going to have to ask her to do. And I feel like there could be the slightest bit of friction. I'm just going to do it my damn self. I'm just mm-hmm. not. Gonna, I, I'm just not going to ask, or I just won't do it. Period.
1: We're both that way. Yeah missy and i are both that way we're both very non-confrontational and so if we think something that we might do might upset the other one we just either take care of it ourselves or we just don't do it
0: you know what's interesting and there's a guy and i can't remember that i think it's called love and relationships i think is the name of the book Egrics and it, it's a did you have you ever
1: heard of it it's love and respect it's emerson Egrics
0: that's exactly that's absolutely it and i'm like After, I'm not sure how I got my hands on this thing, but I'm listening to it. I'm like, holy crap. Every dude that's married and every woman that's married needs to read this book. Because it it, it really does clarify the miscommunication in relationships.
1: So this is hilarious. Wow, I can't believe we got here from where we started. So I had planned for this fall to do a spousal business owner workshop. I was going to rent a VRBO in Lake Norman, which is just outside of Charlotte. Yep. And I was only inviting 10 couples, 10 business owner couples. And we were going to do a one week retreat, basically spousal business owner retreat. That retreat was built off of love and respect by Emerson Eggerts was built off the five love languages by Gary Chapman. It was built off of the power of a praying husband, the power of a praying wife. It was built off of the book by the owners of Radiant Plumbing and Heating, the Case Beers. And then there's also something called Amago Therapy, which is a type of counseling that you can go through as a married couple. Those five things were the resources that I dug into along with my findings as a coach for spousal business owners of the things they struggle with and put them together to create this week-long workshop so that they could leave with the ability to work better together and the ability to know when work started and personal stopped and vice versa. That was the whole premise of that workshop. We didn't hold it just because too many things were going on this year. And quite frankly, I did a really bad job marketing it. We will hold it in the spring. We will thousands cool. hold it in the spring.
0: That's going to be killer. But can I, of course, I understand the value of it because I've been through the books. I've been through all those, except the praying one. I haven't been through that, those two. But the other ones, I have been through those. And you're right. It's But you got to, but you got to want. You got to want to get better. You got to want to be able to communicate with your spouse better. You got to want a better relationship. You, w- you got to want to have better conversations. And unless you look into these things, if uh, anybody, you're, they're not just going to pop out of your head, right? They're not, you're not just going to all of a sudden wake up one day and everything's going to be great. If things are not great today, you got to make changes.
1: No, but our business should be something that increases our intimacy and increases our, our love for one another and increases our ability to dream together. It shouldn't be something that divides that. And if it is something that's dividing it, well, then something's not the way that it should be. And it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It probably means that there's something that you're not doing because you simply don't know to do it. Yeah. And that was the whole premise of this workshop, because I will tell you, when I work with spousal owners it's the same pardon me it's the same seven to ten challenges for all of them every single one of them i could make out a list of 10 challenges and i will guarantee you that the primary challenges in their businesses are on that list 100 percent guaranteed
0: yeah i'm sure you're right i'm sure you're right and i think it's important that the spousal por- portion like I, I don't really care what people say like at the end of the day if it weren't for my wife There's no way I could do the stuff that I do. Impossible. Impossible. She's not even a part of my business, but guess what? She is a part of my business because she runs our house in addition to her business. She does all the crap I don't have time or want to do for that matter. And she's really good like that. And it makes my life and my work life significantly better.
1: Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm with you. Miss. Without Missy, Flywheel doesn't exist. Yeah. Period. It just... Flywheel never happened with, without her, honestly, man, without her, I'm probably still operating to be honest with you. I'm probably still a miserable operator (laughs) instead of chasing my passion, chasing, allowing the fear to get overcome and chasing my passion of growing other people for a living and being a coach. Like that. When I found coaching, like I knew, damn, I found what I was put on earth to do. And it took me a long time to grow the courage to actually pursue it. And without her, probably never happens. Cause she's a cheerleader,
0: right? She gave us that belief that we just couldn't muster at certain times. Cause I've been there.
1: Cheerleader is not even the word. There's just a lot of things. There's just a lot of things, but yeah. Cheerleader is a primary one supporter. That belief,
0: the belief, uh, in, the belief is the biggest thing for me. She believed Accountability in, and I partner believe too. in myself.
1: Accountability partner too, big time. Right. She's I'll say something. And she'll be like, Oh my God, you're so humble when I'm being an ass. When, I, when I'm saying something like and, and she'll look at me and she'll be like, Oh, you're so humble, and then roll her eyes at me. And- but it worked, right? But it wor- it works beautifully,
0: right? It works he beautifully. Not ended, nothing, right? Nope. But that's and that's the power of learning how to communicate not only in your, biz- in your business, but with your spouse, it's the same difference. You need to communicate with your employees, your staff the same, same way.
1: Yeah. But I can't wait. She joins me in July, baby. I can't wait. She'll complete a 23 year teaching career and in June or sooner, we'll see. And in July, she'll join me on the team and be an integral part of, she already is an integral part, but she'll be a day-to-day integral part <laughs> of what of what we do with flywheels, people say, "Like, how can you teach a spousal business owner class?" That's how. Business. That's how. Because, because even though she's not involved in the day to day, I'm married and I own a business, and it's not the first time that I was married and owned a business. And the first time, the first go around, I was married and owned a business. I wasn't very good at it, so I learned all the things that you're not supposed to do, and I learned all the ways to not handle that. Now I'm married and I own a business again. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know so much that I'm better as much as the spouse is. But the fact of the matter is, it still helped me uncover some of the things that have to happen for it to really be successful. And I just think when you do those types of things, you owe it to share them. Yeah,
0: no, I totally agree with you. I yeah. totally agree. hundred percent. Dude, this has been such a great conversation. I know we've been all over the place, but guess what? People that listen to this show, they're going to follow this conversation because they follow me. So, <laughs> that's a great news. so, whenever I have somebody on this ADHD and it goes all over the place, I'm like, that's cool. People listen. They're totally fine. They've will they they caught on by now. TJ, I think, dude, we've covered a lot of stuff today. This has been, again, it's been a fascinating conversation. And I think probably you and I are going to have a lot more conversations after this. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. So, if you could just tell everybody maybe where they can find you, how they can get a hold of you, tell them whatever you want to tell them.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So I'll give you two different methods and people think I'm crazy for giving the second one, but I'm gonna give it anyway. The first way is you can go to www.flywheel, C is in coaching, G is in group, flywheelcg.com. You can learn about Flywheel. You can learn about what we do. We're still building out the site. So give me a little grace there because I am not the IT guy. And then the second way is I'm just going to give my direct cell phone, but I'm going to ask one thing use text as the primary means of communication because I'm typically doing something like this, either Corey with someone like yourself or with a client or whatever. And I just can't answer it when people call. So I, and I hate voicemail. Like I hate listening to voicemails. I don't know about you, but I hate it. one of my I least favorite. Things. I,
0: just, I have, to have to look at it. Just Cause you're going to
1: leave me a phone number that I can't write down. Like it is what it is anyway. So direct cell line two one five two seven, two nine zero three six.
0: So pay attention, folks, because, you know, when and this is important, if you're a business owner and you obviously communicate with your employees, you communicate with your customers. TJ made a really good point. Right. He explained really clearly how to contact him. He also explained really clearly how not to contact him. So my point in bringing that up is if you give clear, concise directions in your business, like he just did with that phone number, you're going to have a way more successful time.
1: Yep. If you call me and you leave a voicemail, you've given up the right to get mad at me when I don't return your call. That's simple. That's because I just told you not to do that.
0: Exactly. For people like you and me, like we got to keep messages and stuff in one area too, probably. It's a lot. Um, So go ahead.
1: Corey. you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram as well. I don't have any like handles or anything. It's literally TJ Hartnett, no matter where you look for me. So I'll put it all Um, in the show notes appreciate you my man back at you brother i appreciate you having me on and i look forward to staying connected and just growing this relationship buddy
0: i think so it's gonna be it's gonna be great dude we're more light than i thought i appreciate you my man back at you bud if you took anything away from this podcast make sure you subscribe leave a review and go check
1: out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. this is the successful life